episode 102 and this week we're talking about sales funnels. Latest Joomla news, design tips, marketing ideas and interviews with experts in the industry. Beginner or professional, this podcast is for Joomla enthusiasts. Welcome to the Joomla Beat podcast with your host, Peter Buey. Peter Buey. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Joomla Beat Podcast, the podcast all about designing, developing, managing and marketing your Joomla websites. This week I am continuing on from the sales and marketing side and angle of all of our websites that we're building for our clients or for ourselves and I have a special guest on this episode named Eden Brownlee and he's from a company called Accentuate and he has a product called Marketing Rocket which is a sales funnel program to help drive and build these sales processes and automate these sales processes. It, it leads on from Ryan Osmiak's talk about uh, lead generation, inbound marketing and creating ladders of engagement. Uh, Eden here talks more in depth about how he goes about building those ladders of engagement, those sales funnel processes in his five-step process in regards to how to to set that all up and get things going for your websites or for your clients or whoever you're doing these sales processes for. So this is an absolutely awesome uh, podcast episode and make sure you stay listening right to the very end for Eden's special coupon code as well. Okay, let's get into this interview. Stay tuned as Peter brings his special guest to the table. The Joomla Beat Podcast. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and how you actually got into Joomla or uh, why you even started using Joomla? Yeah, no worries. Look, um, been a freelance Joomla developer and, and, and uh, project manager for, you know, the good part of sort of 10, 12 years now. I've uh, been working with, with Joomla since 1.0 and, and more so nowadays I'm running three of my own companies and, and sort of have a sharehold in a, in a fourth company that is more of a humanitarian aid project and a, a bit of a labor of labor of love but um i suppose where my passions lie today and, and from working largely in web development um that's really led me more into working as a marketing consultant and you know over the last probably four or five years now i've been doing a lot of study to become you know certified and, and well trained in this field and i find it really interesting you know checking out what other guys are doing like uh, ryan dice and the frank kearns and jeff walkers the, the big names that are sort of coming out with you know really really successful strategies that seem to to work well in multiple industries um so yeah, I suppose that's that's really where I've come from. Is is you know starting as a more of a web developer and then moving much more towards um, engagement and, and working with actual um, you know helping businesses to make the actual sale and, and get more customers. You you mentioned certification there. What, what type of certifications are you looking at to get into this space? Um, I mean, personally, there, there's there's. There's a lot of courses out there from many, many different, um, I suppose you call them gurus. But uh, personally, myself, I've done probably a half a dozen different courses from various guys, probably the most recently uh, from Digital Marketer. Uh, customer acquisition specialist is one of the courses recently and um, uh, funnel 
funnel optimization specialist as well. So basically those uh, from a company called Digital Marketer and they really just involved in kind of two sides of the, of, of the actual um, sales process. So the first one being actually getting the customers and finding out where they're hanging out and bringing them to your business and introducing them. And then the next side, actually taking them through the stages or the steps um, to introduce them and warm them up to the actual process of, of, of purchasing your product and, and um, hopefully becoming a, a big fan of, of what you've got to offer. Right. Okay. Um, b- before we get into the into the nuts and bolts of the whole sales process um remi- you have to remind me a little bit later to grab the links off you for digital marker and all those courses and and where you're learning all this stuff as well it sounds pretty sure. interesting but could you give the audience an overall overview of the entire process it might be a bit big but the entire process that you're doing at the moment to actually acquire these customers and take them through uh, the company's I guess, sales journey, that might be the right word. You can correct me there. But the sales journey uh, through uh, a customer life cycle of um, initially starting as a browser or uh, a person that doesn't even know about the company to maybe evangelizing a company. Sure, sure. So, I mean, we we generally work with a five-step sales process um, with one kind of exception that, uh, and, and this is the same for any market, Everything really needs to be tested. Uh, it's incredibly important to, to track and monitor everything because what works for one business, um, even though they may be the exact same business, just the location or the particular avatar or, or specific type of person they're targeting may mean that that, that particular process uh, needs to change or be modified um, to, be, to be more effective for that particular business. But uh, generally we try and work with a, at least a, a basis of a five-step funnel, which starts generally with uh, what we call a lead magnet. And a lead magnet is basically, it's like a, an irresistible offer that allows us to say, okay, for someone in that particular industry that we're targeting, what's something that they really, really need that's very informative, um, that they can consume very quickly and get high value out of that we can just offer for free. And what we're doing is we're exchanging their valuable information, which is their contact details. So that's kind of the first step is offering our our potential customers something to get their contact details. Then we send them through to the second stage, which is a tripwire. And the idea behind the tripwire is really to uh, psychologically, I suppose, uh, convert that customer into an actual, um, sorry, convert that lead into an actual customer. So the tripwire is generally a very low low dollar or low low barrier of entry for that customer to, en- to enter into, um, into a purchase agreement. So in this stage, we want to offer them a product or, a, or, or an item that's very high in value for them um, at a very low cost. And something kind of psychologically happens here that, you know, we've converted that person into a customer. So that takes us to our next step, which is our actual core offer. So now that they're actually a customer, we're not trying to sell to someone that's just a cold lead. And, you know, we've already built um, quite a significant relationship with this person. If we've done the first two steps right, they've become a lead, they've got some great value from us, then they've made a purchase and they're really stoked with the amazing value they've got out of that low purchase. And now we can offer them our core product. Um, there's probably not too much to explain about the core product, whatever your business is that, um, you know, is your main, the main product that you would like to sell. Uh, then we would take them through once they've purchased that product to a profit maximizer. 
And the profit maximizer is things like upsells and cross-sells. So, you know, if we've got a set of plans that we offer, we might sell them the middle plan and then, you know, offer them an upgrade to the professional package for cheaper. Or if we're selling, for example, a guitar, we might um, bundle a whole bunch of other items with it. We might say, okay, you can get the, the strings and the guitar picks and, you know, the bag and all that jazz. Um, so anything that we can kind of add a bit of extra value with, but also make an X sale. Um, and that kind of leads us to our, our fifth step, which is a return path. And that's really just, just the concept of not stopping. So many businesses these days decide that, okay, we made the sale, find another customer. But we've spent all this effort in building rapport, actually acquiring the lead, and then making the sale, going through the sales process. We don't want to stop here. You know, at this point, if we've done it right, they're super happy with our, with our service. So really, we want to send them back through another sales funnel. What other products do we have to offer? What, what more value can we give? Um, you know, the, the power of referral is so, so amazing. And if we can keep this customer engaged, then it's much more likely they're going to bring more customers in as well um, throughout the process. So, All right, interesting. So just to quickly recap there. So the, the first step is the lead magnet or and uh, that initial offer just to get them the email address that's exactly right the second is the tripwire converting them into into that uh, that free offer product customer into a low cost paying customer and that has that psychological effect on them exactly right cool yep. right and then we give them the core offering of the the company uh, whatever that happens to be exactly yep. now um Next one, the profit maximizer and the upsell and cross-sell. So, this is so, so the customer's paid for something and you're offering all these other little extra things. Uh, I guess you could actually do that as a part of the core offering as well. Like maybe they're going to like buy something on a website, like a, a checkout process, but then go, hey, would you like this as well? It comes yeah, in a bundle. Ex- exactly, exactly. So, okay. I mean, it is it is kind of similar um, or it does happen at the same time as the core offer. We really want to want to engage them at this point and go, okay, sweet, we understand you want to buy this particular product. Here's something that's going to offer you value straight off the bat of that if you mm-hmm. want to get it at the same time. Um, guys like Amazon do this really well with with their related products and their, their, the different bundles that they offer. You know, people that purchase this also purchased and it allows you to check out at the same time with all the items so mm, uh, interesting uh, I've, I've i've seen some very uh from affiliate stats uh some interesting buyer behavior when a user goes in for one book and they come out with a electric lawnmower it, <laughs> it's <laughs> amazon have got that down to a t that they're like their algorithms that they have in there for the recommended products and how the user go through the site it's their upsell process is spot on Certainly, it certainly is. I mean, everything that Amazon has done is, is has been really quite amazing. I mean, even if you look at, you know, from the very start, you know, they hemorrhaged cash. And the, and the reason that they hemorrhaged cash when they first started their business is because they realized acquiring the customer is so key and paramount. If you've got a stepped funnel created like what we're talking about, um, you can afford to acquire a customer almost at a loss compared to your competitors because you know you're going to start to make money on the back end, on your profit maximizers, on your return paths, um, and you're going to get customers for life. They're going to re- start, you know, bringing repeat business as well. So, mm, okay. Now that very last step, that return path after they made the sale. So, um, just just get this clear. How how are you pushing a customer back 
uh, I'm guessing your business would have to have multiple offerings. So if you take an example for a web design agency, for example, um, yep. maybe you offer them hosting afterwards. Is is that what, what you mean as a return path? Yeah, uh, exactly. Customer? So, I mean, it could be any number of things. For a web design agency, probably the most glaringly obvious would be, um, you know, upselling your customer once they're happy with, with the website and it's all, all produced would be pushing them through another particular um funnel that possibly you could give them information at the start about, okay, what are you doing to manage your website? What are you doing to maintain it? What are you doing to make sure that it's, you know, not going to get hacked? What are you doing as far as security? Um, the business owners are often not informed about these things. So that's a great starting point. Your core offer could be an ongoing maintenance plan where you do updates and maybe you've got some kind of security scanner or something like that. You know, it could be like a monthly subscription or some sort of thing. Um, I think, especially in the in the in the particular in the web industry, there's so many extra things that we can start to offer that customers, you know, find great value out of, and is, is really important if you're running a business. Um, a lot of business owners forget that it's not just about getting the website. You know, what about ongoing social media? What about you know the security? What about you know blog writing and all these other things um, that often get sort of pushed by the wayside. Very, very cool indeed. Now, in the previous podcast episode, when Ryan Osmiak was on, he was talking about a very similar thing and he called it ladders of engagement. So, each ladder was like a, a sales funnel process. So, you could move people from different ladders uh, and then take them through the steps. So, th- this is this is all very good. It's all very, very similar. But um, I just had to mention that so that previous listeners would understand where we're, um, where, where we're coming from and where we're positioned at the moment. Um, so, to step back onto that very first step and that very first process of the sales funnel here, how do we even get customers to that sales funnel? So, I mean, there's, there's many ways to get them uh, to the actual sales funnel itself. Uh, probably my preferred method and the, and the method that we're really rolling out and that I roll out as a, as a consultant these days to all my clients um, is using something called pixel traffic. Uh, in this example, I'll use kind of Facebook uh, because generally what we're finding is Facebook is the best value at this stage. Uh, obviously, they have a huge market share. I think I was reading stats the other day. It was 1.8 billion people online at one time on Facebook. That's um, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. It, the chances are your market in some degree is hanging out there. So, um, it's just about really actually gathering them and, and, and you know, picking them out of the crowd and accurately targeting them. So, what we do with pixel traffic is we generally write blog articles that that are really targeted towards um, your target market. So, if you're a web developer and you were targeting, um, you know, you might niche down to target just dental clinics. You might write an uh, write a blog article on, you know, the ten best things or the ten things that you need to know as a dentist when when creating a website, or you know, just something that's going to really relate specifically to your actual audience. And then what you want to do is create an actual promoted post or an actual advertisement on Facebook. So, we're actually going to pay for traffic to be sent to our blog post. The reason we do this is because, um, I mean, we've all probably seen on Facebook, we get the post in the middle and it says sponsored. So, that's actually a paid paid advertisement and it's called a native ad. And native ads are far more effective and generally cost quite a lot less. 
um, because they're following the form and function of the actual medium that they're on. So when we're on Facebook, we expect, you know, we're there to consume, you know, funny cat videos or, you know, interesting information. So if we click through to a blog, that's okay. That's, that's kind of what we're doing. If we, if we expect, you know, that that, that's, that link is going to take us to a blog and we're going to read that. Um, so from there, what we want to do is start to pull our audience out by offering them something that we know just they're going to be engaged with, something just they're just going to read. And once they've hit that blog page, we use something in Facebook called a custom audience. And this, uh, this particular pixel allows us to, which is just a little snippet of code we, we put on our page, and then Facebook can actually, actually knows what users have visited that particular blog post. So now we can retarget so we can create a new set of ads just to our particular audience that we've we've carved out because we know they've clicked on our blog post. It's like they've it's almost like they've put their hand up and said, "Yes, I'm interested," but I know uh, I'm just interested in this topic. So we're not going to hard out start going buy our product. At this stage, we can now go, "Okay, I know you're interested in websites for dental clinics. Perhaps you would be interested in you know, our killer checklist on you know, how to get 10 times more leads on your, uh, with your dental clinic through your website or something along those lines. So this, at the next point, we want to we actually serve them with an ad that will send them or get them to opt in for our lead magnet. So I suppose it's kind of a two-step process. The first is that we want to get them onto our blog. So they're kind of putting their hand up. It's almost like we're, we're getting their details before they've opted in. And then we actually want to send them back through send them an ad again on their Facebook. Now we've got that custom audience pixel built up and we can send them through to the actual lead magnet to get them to actually put their, their name and maybe their email address in there so we can deliver them some, some value and start that actual that customer process. That's really cool. Um, I haven't actually done that myself. So um, let me just recap that. So the first initial bit is basically you're giving them a blog post for free and just fishing i guess casting a big net to try and find if they're interested or not and if they are then you start targeting ads that will lead into a sign up is that right exactly exactly right cool. so oh, cool. we, okay. we still use our facebook targeting to try and narrow it down we don't want to cast too wide a net but you know generally speaking we should be able to usually carve out at least a million um because facebook will show you when you create an ad how what your audience size is going to be usually about a million people um we can start serving ads and we've kind of, you know, can use some interest groups to define, okay, we know that there are business owners or they're in business owner categories or, you know, they're interested in business magazines. It's a much higher chance of them, um, you know, the content being relevant to them. All right. So, how much are these ads costing to do this type of targeting on Facebook? Um, look, I mean, that really depends widely on where you're targeting um, how big your actual audience groups are. Um, from what I've got running at the moment for numerous clients, we're paying anywhere between, uh, I think, 10, 10, 12 cents per click all the way up to, you know, in, in, in financial industries, you know, two, three dollars per click. Um, having said that, the financial industries, you know, we're talking products that often have many, many thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars in value, um, whereas some of the other industries, you know, we want to keep that cost low if we're talking just things about um, small digital plugins or all that sort of thing when, you know, the, the, the end outcome is not as high, we want to keep that advertising cost low. Yeah, that, that sounds 
a lot more cost effective than Google ads at the yeah. moment. Yeah, AdWords, I mean, AdWords has its place. It's got some great things as well. And I, I wouldn't recommend ever putting all your eggs in one advertising basket. There's some great other th- other areas that you can use too, but there's no reason um, that kind of pixeled strategy that I've talked about can't work on other mediums as well. So, you know, if you look at, you know, uh, even uh, Google, uh, Google AdWords, there's many ways that you can start to use that, even if it's just for the second step. Maybe you, you pull them to the blog through Facebook, get the cheap clicks, then you retarget them for the lead magnet wherever they go using uh, Google AdWords or, or other content marketing um, agencies as well. Yeah, because you, you can do that exact same uh, process of retargeting on Google Ads as well. Yep. So, um, when exactly. people visit other websites... And doing the research um, on what they're trying to work out, they'll suddenly see your ads appearing everywhere and suddenly they go, oh, they seem like the ones to go for. (laughs) Subconsciously invading their minds and uh, converting them into customers. Very cool. Um, Do you do any analysis for your clients in terms of uh, cost per customer or uh, the acquisition cost of a customer so that um, you can work out uh, what type of spend you should be using uh, for these ads? Um, look, uh, we do we do cost we, we we look at many metrics. Um, you know, conversion rate optimization on a per page basis, that sort of thing. So, conversion rate optimization is just looking at okay, how many leads went to this particular offer, how many actually opt in, opted in, and how can we make that? How can we improve that on a case by case basis? Uh, but more so these days, what we look at is something called customer value optimization. So if you can kind of think of that in terms of the five steps we've been discussing, that's really looking at how can we how can we improve um, the overall value of a customer as they head through and and, and complete our actual process. Because um, ideally, if we if we look at it on a, on that particular on that larger term, we're not just looking at it on a per page basis or a per offer basis. Uh, because if we look at it like, okay, it cost me five dollars in advertising and my tripwire only is only seven dollars. Well, I just made two dollars, if that. You know, uh, it could be a case where your tripwire runs in negative. Or my my tripwire may be selling for seven dollars, but my ad cost to actually get the lead to the tripwire and make the sale was was ten dollars. So I'm losing three dollars, but mm. I can make that money back on my core offer and my profit maximizer. So what we want to do is look at that the value of that customer over the whole process. And that way we know, okay, we can, we can spend much more than one would have originally thought and still make profit on, on what we call the back end or our profit maximizers, return pass, that sort of thing. Very cool indeed. So I guess you have to have that whole process set out and uh, tuned fairly well to be confident in making a loss in that first tripwire process. Uh, but still, yeah, yeah. You know, the costs are quite low uh, yeah, relatively. I mean- I mean, look, we, we often test with, you know, budgets like $5, $10 a day to start just to sort of get our feet wet and do a bit of tuning. Um, you know, having said that, I work with corporates as well that, you know, we spend sometimes $100 a day just to get the statistics through. And really, it's, it's just all about um, being in tune and, and really watching what the leads are doing. You know, how many people did we send through to this page? How many people opted in? What did they do from there? You know, where, where are the deficiencies coming through? Um, we just want to watch and see, okay, no one's buying our tripwire, but everyone's jumping onto our lead magnet. 
maybe our tripwire is not congruent enough or maybe it's not high enough value. So really, we just need to yeah, just keep a close eye and, and monitor those statistics. All right. So that, that leads me to my next question in the step process, like the, the tripwire that initial offering that you're selling to the customers, how, how do we work this out? So if, if someone's sitting down and working out this process, how can they work out what to offer their, their potential customers? That's, that's a really good question. And that's, that's probably the toughest thing. I mean, out of, out of most of the clients that I deal with, at least in Australia, sometimes in America, we'll find they've got tripwires already in place, but in Australia, there's there's not all that much tripwires going on. So, really, what you want to look at is from a customer's perspective, is what is you know what's going to be the most value to that customer at that particular point in time, and then you want to kind of work backwards from your core offer and go, okay, so you know it might be that your core offer is a washing machine. Your tripwire might be simply you know a two dollar printed catalog of all you know, all the washing machines and their pri- a big price list. Um, or it could be, you know, um, a, a discount coupon or something like that. So really what you want to look at is what's going to be the most value for that particular, um, that particular customer. Um, it can be simple, you know, simple things like checklists or, you know, eBooks or if you've written a book or it could be um, small offerings, um, such as, you know, if you work, if you're in fashion, it could be, you know, a small, a small wristband or, a, or a necklace or something like that. Something that they're going to get high value out of may not cost you all that much. Like I said before, it may, you may end up running in a bit of a loss by providing it, but they, they're getting access to something that's really high value to start and they can see the quality and they, they're sort of building that relationship, um, right from the start. So they're much more likely to be engaged. And if you send them an email after having done that, that purchase, I can guarantee that you'll get a far better response from someone. You know, if you've made a purchase, they're kind of almost expecting you to send an email and say, hey, you know, how did you find your purchase? You know, was it, did it live up to your expectations? Da, 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 da. Hey, look, we've also got this amazing dress on offer that will match, you know, match the necklace that you purchased sort of thing. So, um, it's really just looking at the core offer and, and often working backwards because uh, every business has a core offer and they're making sales. Otherwise, we're kind of not in business. So, um, you know, the, the rest of your business really, or the rest of your funnel really needs to, to be nice and congruent with that, with that core offer. So. All right. So, if your list is buying into that first tripwire, that's great. So, you know, those ones are going to eventually move on. Yep. What 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 happens if your conversion rate is only ten percent? So you've got a hundred people, only ten percent convert um, on that tripwire, and the other ninety percent don't. But you know, it, it's one of your lead-ins for your core offering. Could you possibly have multiple tripwires to convert that other ninety percent and not mm-hmm. lose that customer? Yep, certainly can. And this is, you know, this is where um, when I talk about the basic five steps, uh, these these funnels start to become quite large monsters after after a bit of time because <laughs> we do we really don't want to, you know, hammer home with the same tripwire. You know, if I if I offer a, a particular client a tripwire, um, you know, two three times through email or conversation, I won't, you know, I won't actually keep hammering home that same tripwire because they've kind of said, well, not really interested or maybe, you know, not now. 
maybe not in the foreseeable future. So at that point, it's definitely um, relevant and worthwhile to say, okay, we understand you weren't inter interested in this particular offer, but hey, we've got this other offer that could be really um, that could be more 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 up your alley or more what you're interested in or more what you're looking for. Um, so at this point, we can. Um, offer them alternate tripwires and it's sa same with anything, same with any point. So same with the lead magnet, you know, even in the pixeling process, if they don't opt in, we can go, okay, sweet. Anyone that didn't opt into that lead magnet, we're going to send them now or offer them another lead magnet or send them to another blog to bring them through to another uh, potential targeting audience. So interesting. Now, a lot of this stuff is all completely automated, isn't it? That's right. I mean, ideally, you know, that's that's why we've we've gone through and um, spent all this time building amazing websites and, and and with all this tech. And that's why businesses love love being online is because, as a business owner and you know running running three three of my own businesses, I'm flat out. If I had to manually manage all these processes on my own, I just I wouldn't have the time. So, you know, it's it's so important that we leverage the the amazing technology that we have out there today and really you know engage with people as personally as we can without having to be, you know, there every step of the way manually sort of uh, managing that process. Mm. So, you, you do sometimes engage with the uh, people on a personal level? Do you, do you call them or email them directly? Certainly. Um, I, I suppose it's valuable to state. I've seen, I've seen these, these particular five-step funnels and run them myself solely offline. So they don't always have to be to be run online. A sales funnel, you know, every business that's making sales has a sales funnel. They have some kind of process where a customer, you know, a cold cold lead becomes, you know, a customer and they make the sale. It may not be the same five steps that we've got, but they've got some kind of sales funnel. So um, I think really, I, I personally, I like to engage with my customers and engage with my clients one-on-one -on -one as much as possible. But, you know, Having said that, the way I automate my system is very, very personalized. So all the emails and, and you know, I couldn't recommend this more. All the emails that I send um, are written by me. They are coming from me as if I've just written them um, and sent that customer a contact. So everything I do, whether it is face-to-face -face or whether I'm actually giving them a call because I know they've got a particular issue that needs to be resolved, um, is always that kind of uh, personal approach. Very cool. All right. So we're, we're engaging with the potential customers. We're converting them on the tripwire. And now we're up to the third step where we're actually uh, pushing or trying to sell them the core offering of the business, whether it's uh, table, chairs, dining room sets to computers or websites, web services. So how, how do you present this to the customer? Just another um, email that would go out and go, hey, do you want to check out our web design services. I think this will really work out for you. Um, we tend to use uh, something that's called uh, like a, a three-step email process that's called gain logic fear. So okay. um, you can choose whatever day to send, send these emails that you like. We usually use sort of uh, day one. So one day after the last purchase or opt-in, uh, day three and then day five. So it just gives them a one day sort of one or two day break. Um, and really what it, the basic uh, sort of idea behind it is first we want to say this is what you're going to gain if you have a look at this page. I really wanted to show it to you. We send them to our particular sales offer, um, which would be generally either just a video or sales copy um, relating to our core offer. Um, 
for some clients, we may not make that sale right there. It may actually be an opt-in, like a set, still a sales page, but an, an opt-in for a one-on-one uh, face meeting. So for some of the guys that, that we work with in finance, they can't always do the sale and close completely on their core offer without being face-to-face. They need signatures. They need, you know, they've got to read the terms and conditions, all that jazz. So mm. um, sometimes we slide in between on and offline. But, you know, generally speaking, we want to, you know, sort of, offer them that this is what you've got to gain and then the logic okay sweet you know we want to say basically if you do this now then you know quite possibly you'll get this particular outcome but if you don't do it now then you know nothing's going to happen nothing's going to change so we're just logically presenting the argument of you know why they should should purchase our product or at least have a look at what we've got to offer um and then the fear so fear it sounds a bit harsh. We're not trying to, you know, force them into it. But what we're what we're doing is either deploying some sort of scarcity. So saying, look, this is only going to be on offer for a week or two weeks. Then it's going to be gone. So you know, jump onto the page. Um, alternatively, we might use, you know, if, if it's not a limited offer, we might use something like, look, this is the last time I'm going to sort of uh, bother you with this. Really, you know, you should really have a look at it because you know it could bring great value to your business. Um, click on this link. Otherwise, you know, we will stop sort of hassling you about it. And that's when you might, you know, if they say no again by not actually opting in, you might offer them an alternate core or, you know, bring them back to get some more value via another blog or that sort of thing. Interesting. Now, in in that part there, you, you mentioned the days between the emails and you said, you know, one day, two days or three days in between each one of these emails. Would, would this vary between uh, different types of products and different industries as well? Um, look, it can do. I think, uh, I think it's, it's kind of a strange one. People get really funny about how often they can email. Um, and you will, once, once you start running big campaigns, I can tell you right now, I guarantee you will get people that will complain and say, you, you email me too much. Um, Everyone complains. Yeah. You're always going to get the sort of the naysayers going to say, oh, stop emailing me. Da, da, da. But that's fine. Those people can unsubscribe. You want the people that are engaged with what you've got to offer. So, you know, I, I would recommend never or trying never to send multiple emails per day. But, you know, definitely work in with, you know, what your, your audience is doing. You might have an audience of, of, of consumers that maybe check their emails once every two days. So if you're sending them an email every day, they're going to get two emails every, you know, every second day from you, which is probably pretty useless. Just a bit of testing is generally a good idea. Um, it's, it's hard to really go too often. Uh, I know a lot of the marketers that, that I work with and a lot of the marketers I subscribe to would send me emails basically every day. Um, but, you know, it's definitely a bit of testing within your particular industry to see what's acceptable. Generally, if you can start every few days, maybe twice a week, if, they, if they're not all that engaged yet, and then you can kind of sort of step it up from there. Um, but if they've just purchased from you, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to send them at least a few emails to, to sort of follow up. Cool. Cool. Very cool indeed. Now, the, the next step here, the fourth step of the process, the profit maximizer. Mm-hmm. Now, we mentioned a little bit earlier that um, you, know, you could upsell them in the checkout process if they're buying something online. But if it's a service or uh, something else completely different, how do we engage uh, the sales process for something like that, for, for a service or something that it doesn't have an online checkout? Yep. So, 
I mean, usually there's, there's always going to be at least some kind of product. Uh, like I said, it's, 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 it's easy to kind of transition uh, these particular steps on or offline. Um, I think probably even consulting clients at the moment uh, are running at least 50% of this sales process completely, um, completely offline. Right, so, okay. You know, they get to tripwire. As soon as the tripwire hits, it's all offline and face-to-face. Right. So, there's no, there's no real reason that you shouldn't be able to, you know, at least lock them into the core offer and then, you know, offer them some kind of upsell or, or some kind of cross-sell. So, you know, for the finance guys, they often look at, okay, sweet. So, we've, you know, maybe as a business, we've just done um, your business uh, car financing for your new car for your business. How about now we look at you know your business insurance, or how about we look at another financial product as a, as sort of an upsell or cross sell? So, um, sort of transitioning. You've you've got the ability to transition, and while you're there, you're only doing that customer a favor. Really, what you're looking at is is you know it's convenient for that busy business owner to be able to look at all these things while a professional financial person is sitting there they don't have to follow it up themselves um so it's really just about offering a bit more value uh after that after that um solid core offer purchase cool absolutely love it now the final step of the whole funnel process in this five-step process Mm -hmm. is uh getting that return or pushing the customer through to that other final step Again, is is this just done with emails generally? But I know I know the consulting guys could probably push because they've got the face to face contact. Mm-hmm. Um, but for other products, I'm assuming we just go through a different um, sales uh, ladder or another sales funnel, and yep. uh, uh, it, it gets so complicated. I'm just thinking in my head. There could be many many different sales funnels, and this customer's gone into sales funnel three and yep. they've gone in sales funnel six how do we make sure that we're not offering them in an automated way products that they have already engaged in and already have uh, purchased yeah and, and and this is you know this is a common a common thing and and traditional business it was quite hard because you know a customer comes into a store unless you have a really a really good relationship and you know that customer quite well, um, which you know back in the day used to be the case. Now we're dealing on mass online. It can be very hard to kind of monitor and know what a customer's purchased. So this is where things like CRMs come in really really handy. Uh-huh. And really good lead management so we want to be able to tag or or mark our leads so we know exactly what they've purchased and what kind of things that they've engaged in or purchased up until this point so we know what offers are relevant relevant to them in the next step so okay so you monitoring and tracking all the customers via crm so that you could push them into the proper sales funnel emailed lists and promote those particular products to them so it's i guess you could automate that um, based on some rules that you might run in the crm but it sounds like a little bit of manual checking might be necessary yeah i mean if if the process is quite offline the sales process you would need to log in um and manually tag or add a detail to that lead saying yep they purchased today no worries yeah um, if the sales process is completely online, then there's no real reason we shouldn't be able to, once again, automate the whole process and, um, you know, get get our systems to actually tag that particular lead straight away saying, yep, they just made a purchase. This is awesome. They're on to the next step. And we know exactly, you know, what lead magnets they've consumed, 
what you know um, what tripwise they've purchased mm. you know where they've fallen out of certain funnels we can kind of have a look and see that as well so fantastic all right now for all of our listeners on the podcast I know the majority of them are small business owners and running web agencies building websites for customers etc could we run through a potential a scenario of this five-step process for a company that's a web design company building basic Joomla websites. So, what's some kind of cool idea that they could start in regards to building their five-step sales funnel process? Yep, sure. So, I mean, I suppose the first thing to really look at, and and this is as a business, uh, as a whole running a web business, is you know, do you want to just cast a really wide net and look at, okay, we're just anyone that wants a website, we're going to do it. Or do you want to start to niche down? Um, Niching down from what I've seen can be really, really beneficial. And I know there's a number of at least local examples that I can think of that, for example, just do tradies. So web, web develop, big web development companies that just do, you know, if you're a plumber, we're the guys that build websites for plumbers. Um, if a, you know, sort of, head, if you can think about it, going up against a, just a standard web firm, we're a guy that builds websites. Versus, if you're a plumber, we build websites for plumbers. You're going to choose. If you're a plumber, you're going to choose the guy that specifically, you know, works for your industry. Makes sense. So exactly. So starting to niche down can be a very, um, a very important part. Of, of starting to, to really pull out your audience as well um, and being able to target your audience. So the first thing I would say is really start to consider who who your avatar is. Um, so when I say avatar, I mean, who who's that customer who's like, yep, they're the perfect customer for us. You know, are they small business? Are they medium business? Are they corporate? You know, how much do they, would they want to spend? How much do they know about web development? Um, do they want us to just run with it? Do they want to, you know, do they want us to maintain it? Do they want to do some maintenance themselves? So really build that avatar first because it's, um, it's almost impossible to sort of target um, your customer if you don't know who your customer is. So that would be definitely the first thing that I would say is, is, is most important. Um, and then we're going to, of course, build our funnel based around that avatar and our core, core product. So, you know, if our core product's actually building websites, if we go for, you know, say we go for dentistry or something along those lines, sort of um, building on what we were talking about earlier, we might have a blog about um, that's just solely about, okay, in the dental industry, here is, you know, 10 tips on how to get or how to increase your regular patients um, throughout through your website and social media. That's a very interesting blog, and you know, if if you look if you're looking as a dentist online, you're like, oh, I can increase my number of patients. Um, you know, how to book your practice out through you know through better web design. Of course, every dentist's going to want his practice to be booked out. That's that's brilliant. So, um, it's not to say you have to solely niche just for dentists, because obviously there's not always going to be enough dentist dentists in everyone's area to go around. You know, you might go, okay, we're going to create a campaign for dentists. We're going to use that same campaign, duplicate it, change a few things, write a different blog, and now we're going to do one for plumbers, and now we're going to do one for, you know, whatever other particular niche. Um, and I think, you know, having having run a web development firm and used this process myself, um, I found it incredibly powerful because not only 
were we able to really target those people specifically, but we could start to create uh, a process based around, for example, dentists or based around plumbers that would allow us to go, okay, we know after working with a couple of dentists that these are the features and these are the things that we need. So we, we've completely processed the entire development as well, which allows us to, to build more cost effectively and, and, and with greater quality. So very cool indeed everyone everyone's saying that you should niche down and uh i i think we initially niche down to joomla websites in general but uh, taking that a little bit further and targeting an industry could probably help um, our own business and i'm sure that would help many many other businesses and listeners uh, listening to the podcast as well so thank you for those insightful and great tips there eden that's all right not a worry and, and you know it's it's like I said, it's something that's been really beneficial for us. We've been, you know, I've, I've been running my web development business for almost 10 years now. And it's been only the last maybe three to four years that we've said, no, nah, we're not doing anything but Joomla now. And, and the sole reason for that has been because it has been so powerful for us to be able to say, okay, you know, this week we're going to start focusing on lawyers. We can build a system. We can maybe add a couple of, you know, custom components there that we've developed that have taken very little effort. And we can start to, to really offer huge value for that particular industry um, without expending huge, huge cost up front. Very cool indeed. Now, in regards to building products and things with Joomla, you've spent a lot of time and a lot of effort building uh, a component for Joomla that helps users build this entire sales funnel process in their Joomla website. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about this, what it is, what it's called, and how it actually works? Definitely. So it's been almost two years now uh, since we started, sort of started with development and even just the original idea. The software is called Marketing Rocket. And it's, it's really designed to, to build out these entire five-step sales funnels or, you know, any kind of combination of landing pages that you, you can really think of. So, um, originally, the idea was that it was designed for my, partic my client base and as something we were going to use in-house. And, you know, after about six months of development, it quickly sort of came to light that, hey, this is re really something powerful that I, we can give back to the Joomla community and, and sort of, you know, bring marketing up to the next, next sort of stage for, for the Joomla community as well. So it's designed as an all-in-one tool that, that combines uh, landing page creation. So it can create actual landing pages uh, using a, a custom drag and drop editor which has a number of cool little tools um, that are really great for marketers such as countdown timers and easy YouTube embedding, that sort of thing. Uh, it also contains uh, autoresponders. So you can set up any number of autoresponder sequences to actually uh, actually engage your clients. So if they, for example, opt in for your lead magnet, they're now in your in your, in your marketing rocket system, it'll automatically send them or deliver them the digital lead magnet via email, and then it'll start to follow up with them via email to send them through to, for example, your tripwire. Um, on top of that, it also has a light CRM system. So it's designed to actually add those leads as well as they register, and you can actually tag them as they move through your funnel. So you know exactly, okay, they've downloaded the lead magnet, they've now purchased the tripwire, that sort of thing. So that's what we've been working on for the last couple of years. And, and yeah, it's, um, 
been a labor of love. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It sounds like a labor of love. It sounds quite intensive. But yes, yes, uh, it would have to be a labor of love to uh, put all that time and effort into it. So it, it really sounds like everything that you've just spoken about in terms of uh, the CRM system, tracking the customers all the way to actually creating the whole funnel is all in your software anyway. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, um, I suppose, you know, this software is really born out of my own frustration working, you know, I've mm. worked with many clients with so many different tools out there. And it seems that all the tools that I've used involve, you know, integration that doesn't work properly or that's just not good enough or is non-existent and it would take you know days if not weeks to build these funnels um and with marketing rocket you know i've developed we've developed a a wizard that allows us to actually walk through step by step create an entire sales funnel um from nothing really uh and you know we can do that in in you know anywhere between five to 15 minutes which is you know saved us a (laughs) ton of time ridiculous five to 15 minutes Oh, God, love those wizards. Yeah, that's it. You know, and obviously, you know, you still need to create your copy and sales videos, that sort of thing. But from a technical perspective, to be able to create all those those pages and autoresponders in in such a short amount of time and just have it work out of the box is um, really, really amazing. Mm. So, you're basically just filling in the the gaps and all the blanks with what you need to add in there. Exactly right. Exactly right. Very, very cool. All right. Um, How do listeners find more about marketing rocket yep so just go to marketing rocket.com um, and if you scroll down the bottom you'll see links to all our social medias as well cool so people can follow and find out all i'm assuming you, you push out a lot of cool marketing and uh, marketing automation blog posts out there as well right yep we've got quite an extensive blog there that's um yeah, got cool tips and tricks and, you know, talks about things like we've discussed today, like the five-step funnel. Um, we've got a, an ebook we're just about to release too, which um, is all about this five-step funnel and, and has a lot of great, great in-depth information about sort of air, from a beginner's perspective too on, on how, to, how to start with your first funnel and, and um, how to actually map it all out. Great. So, is there uh, documentation, videos, or training around how to use Marketing Rocket? Yep. So, our website contains basic documentation, but kind of the nifty thing, and 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 you know, from having used so many softwares myself, what I found most frustrating was having to always refer outside of the software. Uh, to external documentation and then reading, you know, hundreds of pages trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So we've actually added a really, really extensive tooltip system to Marketing Rocket. So basically, any option that you can find in the software has a really, really extensive and ex- um, explanatory um, tooltip that will explain exactly what the software does. So it's really kind of been designed to sort of jump in. If you, you, you know, you've read maybe a little bit of the documentation or even just watched our introductory video, which goes for about 15 minutes, you should be able to ideally jump into the software and just have a bit of a go and, and, and get funnels um, sort of built up straight off the bat. Nice. Very, very nice. It really does sound like you've, you've built this from all your pains and frustrations um, in using all these other different tools and you just thought to yourself, that should be in there. That should be in the software next to the label that I'm trying to enter in. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's, it's a constant, you know, process of, I, I still use other tools for some clients just because, you know, if you work with a corporate and they've got something already integrated, it's not always possible for them to change what they're doing. But, you know, I suppose that gives me a, a unique perspective where I can say, oh, I like this feature or, oh, I don't like this feature. Mm. Maybe we should integrate something like that into Marketing Rocket. So, you know, that's that's really what we're aiming to do. And even with our, our subscriptions, our subscriptions are really designed to, to, to grow the software. Our professional subscription allows for feature requesting, which I actually haven't seen really any other softwares doing at this stage, whereby... Any basic feature request at the moment, we've got about a 24 to 48 hour turnaround. So when we have clients that say, oh, I'd really like this option to work in this way, or I don't have a particular way to do this, can we add it? Um, as long as it's not you know huge, huge days worth of coding, we'll add that as part of their actual subscription. And the turnaround's generally pretty quick. Huh. That's ridiculous. I don't know any other piece of software that would provide that as part of uh, a website subscription or so, a subscription to the software. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's, um, it's, 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 I think in this particular industry, it, it, of course, we're competing with other marketers, but mm. I think it's more so every business is so different. You know, they've got a slightly different avatar they're targeting, targeting or a slightly different core offer or whatever it might be. So, you know, with a software like Marketing Rocket, everyone wants to use it in their own unique way. And all we can really do is... Um, offer as much as we can as far as flexibility as well as a bit of feature requesting to be able to, you know, help it mold to any particular circumstance or industry. All right. So, what type of customers are using Marketing Rocket at the moment? Um, I'm assuming you're getting a lot of customers from Australia, but are other people using it around the world at the moment? Um, most of our customers are actually outside of Australia. Um, oh, right. A lot, okay. of, a lot of customers in the US and the UK. Um, we do have... Uh, there's probably about 30% of our clients at the moment that I, I sort of, uh, I know are from Australia and, you know, I've maybe had a chat with them online or, or that sort of thing. But um, it's getting to that point where it's like, it's hard to say because I can't, I can't really monitor exactly <laughs> what percentages are from where. But um, as far as businesses, from what I've seen, it, it varies. Like it is insanely varied. You know, we've got, uh, people running not-for-profit organizations that are using our software. We've got guys running uh, corporate marketing consultancy agencies. We've got, um, you know, just mum and dad business owners, you know, running the shoe shop down the road sort of thing that are using our software. So, um, pretty much anyone you can think of uh, is sort of jumping on board. And, you know, I think that's really a testament to the fact that we're offering something that's all in one so they don't have to go out there and buy a million different things and try and figure out how to put them together. Um, they can really sort of jump in and, and just have a go. So are you finding that all these people are actually using Joomla already or are they coming from different platforms? Um, well, this is, you know, and this is something I suppose that originally really got me thinking and, and being a marketer of course the first thing I'm going to go is okay how big is our market share how big or how, how big is our potential market share how, how big is our actual market and uh, as I'm sure you're aware Joomla doesn't you know have have any kind of market share compared to for example WordPress while Joomla is still um, strictly speaking quite popular uh, it market share wise WordPress has a lot more. So originally, of course, we had that discussion where, well, what should we do as far as um, 
not excluding those people that want to use our software but maybe don't use Joomla for their website. And what we've found is really we're starting to introduce a lot of people to Joomla, which is really great um, because I'm definitely a big fan of Joomla. I've been working with it for many, many years. But, you know, we've, we've kind of created now a platform whereby they can install Marketing Rocket, uh, similar to, for example, if you've seen uh, Rocket Theme, what they do with their, their Rocket Launcher. We've got our, our Launchpad, which allows you to actually install Joomla and Marketing Rocket all in one. So you can actually install it alongside WordPress. Uh, we even have now just released a WordPress plugin that allows you to integrate your landing pages and pop-up forms into WordPress as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's become much more than something just for those that are using, uh, using Joomla. Having said that, you know, I think the, just the, the idea or ability to have your marketing and your website all in one is just kind of the, you know, the, the golden grail, so to speak. But, um, you know, for those that aren't using Joomla, it's been really beneficial to have, you know, just that ability that they can still use our software and still have access to, to the amazing features in it as well. That's really cool that you're exposing a lot more people that haven't even probably heard of Joomla uh, before, but they know about this uh, sales funnel and automated marketing uh, methods and have found your software and have now been exposed to it. That's a really cool thing. Yeah, and look, I think that was, you know, when, when I first made that decision to, to, to go, okay, all right, we're gonna we're gonna bring this out. We're gonna we're gonna put it on the Joomla extensions directory. Um, it was never really about let's make a million dollars. It was about well, this is something that the Joomla community is lacking um, as far as as far as marketing. They don't have, or at that time didn't have many um, many extensive marketing tools out there, and you know we couldn't really find all that much that well, anything that would do exactly what what our software does. Um, I mean. Honestly, we couldn't find much that would do anything like what, what we've got outside of Joomla as well. But, um, you know, it was just the idea of being able to bring something back. I mean, the Joomla community, at least for me, has, you know, helped launch my web business. I mean, we only do Joomla websites. So without Joomla, um, that simply wouldn't be possible. But, you know, just that ability to bring awesome marketing tools to the Joomla community was something that sort of really forced me to force my hand to, to, to bring this tool out for everyone very powerful indeed now last but not least before we uh, wrap this interview up um, I'm going to be a little bit cheeky and ask if the Joomla Beat listeners could get some sort of discount or maybe a coupon code or some sort not a problem so <laughs> definitely I mean always keen for more Joomla users on our software that's you know that's that's why the software was was created in the first place so um, sort of what we put together today is a 20% off uh, any of our subscription levels so that's almost almost $100 off our professional subscription level um, if you use the coupon code Joomla Beat J-O-O-M-L-A-B-E-A-T that uh, should get you your 20% off. Absolutely awesome. And thank you so much for that uh, coupon code as well. I know our listeners would get quite a lot out of that as well. So uh, thank you so much, Eden, for joining me on the podcast episode as well and sharing all of your knowledge and talking about uh, Marketing Rocket as well. No worries, Peter. My pleasure. You're listening to the Joomla Beach Podcast. Joomla Beach Podcast. Joomla Beach. Joomla Beach. Joomla Beach. Wow, that's 
that was a fantastic podcast episode there. I really hope you guys got got all those notes down and have started thinking about your five-step process. Now, let's just quickly recap on that five-step process. And that was the first step is making the lead magnet or drawing in the audience uh, to something that you can give away for free. So something like a free ebook or a checklist or something very quick and easy that you can mock up and get out there so that people would sign up and give away that uh, email address, which is something that you're after so you can push people through to the next stage. The second step that Eden spoke about was the tripwire. And the tripwire was the the low-end product which someone would look into purchasing to get a little bit more value or a lot of value out of it, but for a very low entry price. The third step there was the uh, the core product offering that you're selling, so whatever that happens to be. It's the, the core offering of your business, followed closely by the profit maximizer, which is the fourth step in the process where you can possibly upsell or create packages around your product so that you can give the customer more value. It's beneficial not only to you, but also to your customers. And last but not least is the fifth step, and that is pushing your customers' uh, return life cycle so they stay around longer and and start looking at other products and other revenue streams that uh, you may have within your business. And that's the last and final step and a very valuable step as well. There's, There's nothing worse than having a whole list of customers and then trying to find more and more when you have this valuable list of clients and customers that you can keep on drawing against and working with uh, because you've already built up a great client relationship. Why not keep on working with those clients and provide additional extra services? I think it's an absolutely fantastic and vital part of the five-step process. And thank you, Eden, so much for the coupon code and joining me on the podcast as well. I'm sure all of our listeners have gotten a huge amount of info out of that. Now, if you enjoy this podcast episode or have started writing up or thinking about your five-step process, leave a comment in the comments for the podcast episode and you can get to that at joomla.be.at ep102 and that will take you directly to the show notes for this podcast episode. That's uh, joomla.be.at slash ep102. And you can leave a comment there, share your sales process and uh, what you've been thinking about, or maybe uh, you can put up some ideas of what you're thinking about and get other people in the community to critique your sales process, or maybe even give you some ideas, whatever it might be, leave a comment there. And like always, um, I'll leave it at that for this podcast episode. And like always, everyone, please keep your website safe and secure and make sure you keep them backed up. And if you haven't updated to 3.45 please make sure you do it's critical all right all right bye you've been listening you've been listening to the joomla beat podcast bringing together the community of designers developers fans and users from around the globe around the globe joomla beat joomla beat.at